0: Welcome to Sex Spoken Here with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I am a sex coach and relationship psychologist and created this show to help you solve any sexual problems, learn about all things sexy, sensual, and intimate, and create your ideal lasting relationship. In my virtual therapy room, I answer questions, interview experts, and provide tips that you can use straight away. Listen in weekly as I share key strategies to help you create a problem-free, exciting sex life. Make sure you join us to be up-to-date on all events and to easily access coaching at www.the-intimacy-coach.com. Hello, and welcome
1: to Ready for Love Radio. This is your host and love coach, Nikki Lee. Today, we are going to talk about a topic that just, as soon as I heard this, it just fascinated me, and I've got the perfect guest to talk to me about this. We're going to talk about sexual authenticity, and to talk about this, I have brought Dr. Lori Beth Bisney in to talk. So Lori Beth, it's awesome to have you with me today. Thanks for having me. You know, I saw this on your website, and as soon as I saw it, I said, we have got to get together and talk about this. This is just, this is mandatory. <laughs> we got to talk about this. So I, you know, I've, I've got some questions I'm going to talk about, but I just, I just am just looking forward to this and seeing what you've got to share with, with the listeners. Brilliant. Awesome. So, and actually, we just talked a couple weeks ago about long-distance relationships with George over at Fame Music Radio, and that was great. And um, I, you know, next week I'm, I'm talking to a surrogate and and about surrogate partner therapy, and and we we're going to delve into a little bit about sexual authenticity with him too. So it's it's a great lead up of, of what we're going to be talking about this week. So it's it's going to be a great kind of back to back show. Great. So Lori Beth is a psychologist and a sex and intimacy coach that's been in practice since 1987. She specializes in working with individuals, couples, and polyamorous groups to help them to create the ideal lasting relationships. She has particular expertise working with people that have been traumatized, and she's co-authored a book on the treatment of post-traumatic stress disorder that was published by John Wiley & Sons in 1998. She sees people in person in London, and she sees people in person in the U.S. for intensive work only. She sees people by Skype, go to meeting, and phone as well. And she has a weekly podcast, The A to Z of Sex. And I was having more fun looking through your website at some of the topics that you've covered. You've covered some really cool stuff on that show so far. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, that's one thing about sex. There's always something interesting to talk about. Never a limit of cool topics to talk about. True enough. (laughs) so tell us how just to kind of get the the listeners just some of your background how did you get into work about human sexuality and focus on uh sexual authenticity
2: i mean i think that as with many therapists um what often gets you into looking into a specialty is your own experience and um I have always known that um, my sexuality and my sexual interests were not um, the standard sexual interests. I knew from a very young age that um, I was attracted to men and women, Um, so bisexual. Um, I really felt comfortable um, in uh, multiple honest relationships. So non-monogamous, okay. although I did try monogamy, I, I didn't. I didn't find it um, suited me. Um, okay. And so, yeah. So, so for me, um, I knew who I was fairly early on, and I could, you know, delineate all my quirks and kinks. But being able to be myself um, with other people in public comfortably was difficult because right. um, I had concerns how people would react. Right. So that started my journey towards authenticity started when I realized that I was different. But everybody, whether you're different or not, has to figure out who they are.
1: Right. Well, that's that's one of the things that I try to help listeners understand. First and foremost, we have to understand us.
0: You know, we, mm-hmm. we
1: can't help it our partner to understand until we figure out who we are personally, you know, it's all going to start with us.
2: Yes. Um, And I mean, it is, it's one of the things that that's often really difficult for people. We um, have traditionally culturally had a lot of messages about how we should be and what sex should look like and what sex should feel like. And, um, and some of the messages have changed, but, Unfortunately, many of them have not. Um, And so people come into their kind of sexual knowledge um, with a very limited set of acceptable possibilities often. Um, And then on top of that, um, still speaking about sex is problematic. um, And there's a lot of shame around sex. So it, right. it's very hard to figure out who you are and to be willing to be who you are if you're, you feel ashamed when you start thinking about sex and sexuality. Do you think a
1: lot of people, too, have a fear of even once they've figured it out, which, like I said, it's a challenge for a lot of us to figure out who we are sexually, and then there's a fear of actually sharing that with your partner because you don't know how they're going to react,
2: I think lots of people um, worry about that lots. Um, so it's part of that journey towards being willing to be authentic and authenticity is a thing throughout life. You know, I mean, we're talking about sexual authenticity today, but, but often to be an authentic congruent human being um, and congruence is, you know, meaning you're the same inside as you are outside, right? Everything is equivalent. And, um, right to be an authentic human being is not an easy thing right because there's a lot of issues around how we choose to present ourselves in the world and what people will think of us if we do x y z or w or right. if we want or like x y z or w so so that journey in and of itself is is not an easy one but um But if you're willing to undertake it, it gives you more freedom than anything else. When you're authentic and you are authentic in the world, you have so much more
1: energy. Yes. Well, you're you're not wasting energy pretending to be somebody else. That's right.
2: And you're not wasting.
1: It's it's so liberating. It, it's so liberating to not be wasting energy because you know trying trying to pretend to be somebody else and then and then remembering what you shouldn't shouldn't do and how you shouldn't shouldn't behave and what you shouldn't shouldn't say and that's just exhausting. <laughs> you
2: know? it, it's hugely exhausting. It, it uses a ton of energy and and hiding uses
1: a ton of energy. Yeah. Now now let me ask let me ask your opinion on something because I know sometimes. And I, and I see this different. You may disagree with me. Sometimes I don't do certain things like around my father just to kind of save the peace. You know, just I'm like, he. There's certain things he knows about me, but I don't do it or say it or talk about it around him just just because it just makes life more peaceful. You know, why get him stirred up for no reason, kind of thing. So, do you, do you see that is, hiding? Or just kind of just maintaining the peace and respecting the fact that he has issues with certain things, so I don't see any reason to get him stirred up about it.
2: I mean, I think there's, you know, there are there are different ways of viewing that. Um, so there's one part of it which is um, the one that I call pick your battles. Right. I don't want to fight with people all the time because they're uncomfortable with something that I'm presenting. Right. With with the person right. that I'm presenting. Um, it's it's exhausting it, it's unpleasant so um, there are situations I I won't disclose parts of me because it's pointless yeah. um, then there's sure. also the fact that um, not everyone has to know everything you're not hiding just because you don't tell everybody every detail of your life you know um, my mother knows, that I, you know, make two podcasts about sex every week, and uh, I spend a lot of time talking about sex. Um, I know that there are things that she would have trouble with, so I told her I didn't think that she should read the website. And, it, it you know, it was straight. So if you right. decide to read the website, then I don't want to have to deal with any criticism. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I'm willing to give explanation, but I'm not right. going to defend who I am to you.
1: Right. Right.
2: You know, so, so there, you know, and, and in certain, you know, in a straight psychology setting, my um, like if I was doing an assessment for court, my sexual orientation um, and desires are really none of anybody's business. Right. Why would I come out and and, and, and share that? There's no reason to. So. Yeah. It's you know you can decide not to share something with someone so that you're keeping the peace. The problem becomes when people do that all over the place, such that there's only a very small area of their lives where they are able to simply be who they are.
1: Makes sense. Okay, because I I know some people think that that's pretending to be somebody different and that sort of thing, and and like I said, with certain people, it just keeps things more peaceful. It it it. it I, I like what you said about picking your battles. Sometimes it just isn't worth the fight, you know. And and if people just don't yeah. know everything.
2: And yeah, I mean, if so, you know, I also have respect for other people. I'm not going to yeah. pretend to be something I'm not so that I don't upset someone. Right. That's inauthentic. But I do have respect right. for other people's beliefs. And there are times where I'm not going. I'm not going to be very in someone's face because right. I know it'll be offensive to them. And if I'm offensive to somebody in a situation like that, my message isn't going to get across anyway. So it it's not it, you know it doesn't even it doesn't even work, right? Right. It does nothing for them. It does nothing for me. Um. And and so it's it's just not the way that I would choose to handle it. Now, if somebody asks me a direct
1: question, <laughs> if they open the door, <laughs> well,
2: but that's different. If someone right. asks me a question I will answer again I will choose how many details I provide right but I'm not going to lie about who I
1: am right very true right if somebody asks a direct question I'm going to give them the direct answer I, I may say now now how honest an answer do you want and how much you know well, like when somebody asks my opinion, I'm like, do you want a completely honest answer or do you want me to tone it down? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but yeah, okay, that's cool. Okay, I was I was just curious what your perspective on that was.
2: Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that, is that the point of being authentic is, is so that you, the, one of the main points, so you're comfortable in your skin. It's about you being right. comfortable in your skin. It, it, it benefits you. It benefits those around you because when someone's comfortable in their own skin, they're just easier to deal with. Yes. Uh, it's easier to understand their communication. Their verbal communication matches their body language more of the time. They They're less stressed. Um, they have a better ability to explain things, you know, they have more confidence when they're comfortable in their own skin, and confidence is
1: really sexy. Definitely. So,
2: you know, it, it, there's there's value in it. I'm not beca- being authentic in order to convince other people of anything. Right. Right.
1: I think part of my point, too, is in order for me to be comfortable and authentic, I don't have to make the other person uncomfortable.
2: That's right. That's right. I mean, there are occasions where you do. Definitely.
1: Well, sometimes. But, right. But um, as, as some people try but to, like, I, go out of their way to make other people uncomfortable. And I don't think you have to do that.
2: You know what? I, I'm not sure that that's always what it is. I think sometimes people's out and proud behavior is interpreted as going out of their way to make people uncomfortable. But actually, I think that when people have felt repressed for a really long time, And they haven't repressed themselves, but they've been repressed by society and culture. They feel a need to really give themselves the full expression in public. Right, and they're less empathic and less worried about what other people. Think and feel because people haven't been worried about them. So you know, the goal— their goal isn't make people feel uncomfortable. Their goal is more along the lines, if you'll excuse my French, you know, fuck you. This is me, right? <laughs> this is me. This is who I am. You don't like it? Go somewhere else. Right. I think that's more than 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 the kind of I'm gonna I'm gonna make these people really uncomfortable.
1: Well, I can I can relate but? to that too. <laughs> Yeah, I just I don't care what people think anymore. I, I don't have to make them feel uncomfortable, but I just I just don't care anymore.
2: <laughs> so. and, I
1: mean, you know, Cheers.
2: and some of that, you know, some of the what's interesting to me, particularly when we talk about sexual authenticity, it, it seems to go along a similar path to authenticity, the authenticity journey in general, which is that often it takes achieving a particular age And it's different for each person before Mm -hmm. people feel that they're no longer worried about what others think in the way that they were in the past.
1: Right. Do you think maybe we have to get to a certain point of maybe personal accomplishment where you feel like, you know, I've, I've, I've made it to a certain point and then that helps too?
2: Yeah, I'm not sure if it's personal accomplishment or if it's
1: just personal
2: integration, right? Authenticity. Could be, uh, could be. Right? Because I think for some people, it will be about, you know, uh, okay, I'm the president of the company now and it doesn't matter. Um, But for other people, it's just more about getting to that place in their personal development where they're so happy with who they are and
1: so comfortable about who they are that they no longer care what people think. Personal development. That work. I like that. That works. Okay. Okay. So help. How, how can we help the listeners? And you may have covered this, but let me, let me ask you just in case. How can we help the listeners to understand? Well, let's let's just start with. How can we help them to understand the meaning of authenticity? Because I've I've heard people claim that they feel that they're very authentic, but I'd like to hear your definition for the listeners.
2: Well, I'm going to use a very um, a very uh, straightforward definition. Um, and in okay. the United Kingdom, in the United Kingdom, there's a commercial on television for a for a product called Ron Seal. Ron seal is a varnish that you put on your fences to seal them so that they don't water decay. Okay, and in the in the commercial, their catchphrase is, it does what it says on the tin. It comes in a, in a can or or what we call a tin. So it's Ron Seal, it does what it says on the tin. Right? Okay. And, and that's what authenticity is. It does what it says on the tin. Right? Awesome. I am as you see me. When I'm authentic, I am being 100% as you see me. Now, of course, you know, a tin of, of um, uh, varnish is simple, right? So it's easy to, right. have to do what it says on the tin. <laughs> a person is infinitely complex. However, <laughs> right, so you have to understand that I may be perfectly authentic, but you don't see certain layers of me in certain situations. I'm not hiding them. They're just not present because I'm not engaging on that level.
1: Okay. So that's
2: confused, right? I mean, I, you know, I can think okay. of a, at least a dozen situations. Let's say I have a standard therapy client. That client may know nothing about me initially and may know very little about me later on. I'm not being inauthentic. My responses and my reactions to the client will be authentic, but they don't have information about me because I'm not engaging with players. I'm not putting the information forward because there's no need for it. It's because the focus is on them, not on me, but my reactions will be authentic now because that's how I work. Some therapists don't work that way my i I look at my my own personal authentic reaction is used as part of the therapy
1: okay that's cool
0: um
2: so if you're authentic if you're authentic, you know who you are
0: mm-hmm.
2: and you display who you are you don't put on airs, you don't pretend to be anybody else you don't um hide big parts of yourself from the world you don't um You know, think one way, but complete act completely differently in most situations.
1: Okay. All right. Now, what would be sexual authenticity? So
2: that's when you know your own. Your you again. You know, you are who you are. You know, you you own your own desires. You own your sexual orientation, you own your chosen relationship style, and you don't try to be any different. So, for example, you know, I I am authentically um, involved in a power exchange relationship where I am the submissive, um, bisexual, and polyamorous. That's me. That describes my. Sexual orientation, so the the people that I'm attracted to, although it doesn't fully, but it'll do for now. So it describes people that I'm attracted to. It describes what I enjoy. Without without giving somebody a list of of specific things that I enjoy, because that's irrelevant. And it describes the relationship style I prefer. Now, if I meet somebody who is a potential partner, they will be told those things about me and they'll also be able to see from my behavior that those things are true and they and, and and that's me being authentic if i were being inauthentic perhaps i wouldn't tell somebody that i was polyamorous right right or perhaps i would pretend that well not even pretend just not say that i was attracted to women
1: right okay All right. I was looking at one thing that said that your your sexual your authentic sexuality is a combination of our actions by our with our body, our feelings through our heart, our expressions. After examining, well, and after we can shed our shame, after we limit, we get rid of any limiting or negative thoughts and our beliefs. And it's each one of the facets of our sexuality. I like that.
2: And it's a nice definition, um, and and it's 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 more complex than I often am, <laughs> um, right. because for me for me, you know, the important bit is that you own it. You own it, right. and you're happy with it. When you own something yeah. like that, you're happy with it. You're confident. You're comfortable. You're you. that's yes. the important bit. And well, that's what it's is hard it is for people.
1: Right. Interesting. All right. Oh, well, it sums up every part of you and your sexuality, and, and you're good with it, and you own it. I like that.
2: Right. And, I mean, you know, I don't give somebody a picture of it. Hi, I'm, I'm you know, Lori Beth, I'm blah, 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 every time I meet someone, right? Well, yeah. well um, they don't need to know that. <laughs> No, I mean, but even even if I meet a potential partner, the way in which the information is conveyed is not necessarily a listing, <laughs> right? Right, right. But they, they, I give them all the information that they need to know, and they can see from my behavior. They can see from what I talk about, and what I show an interest in, as to who I am. Right. And okay. That's what's important, is that that's there. It's there on display so that a partner making, meeting me, a potential partner meeting me, knows what they're getting into.
1: Definitely. Well, that's important. They need to know that. So, mm-hmm. All right. Well, I mean, I, I always encourage open, honest communication. And, I mean, that's that's what you're doing when you're being authentic. So. I mean, I think one of the okay. things, like,
2: if, if you think about um, um, people who are not um, bisexual, not um, homosexual, but um, maybe heteroflexible, right? So they have some some, um, interest in same-sex relationships sometimes, not very often, not very often. Um, Oftentimes, folks who have those sorts of feelings have difficulty looking at and owning those feelings because of what they think it means, because they think if they're interested in someone of their own sex, that must mean that they're gay or bisexual. It doesn't necessarily. All of us okay. have att- attractions um, that may not fit our normal standard, usual attraction pattern. If we're okay. able to not... Not be ashamed by that and to feel comfortable with that then we can integrate it as part of our sexual being um and and have far more fun experiences by being able to do that and spend far less time worrying about who we might be because of a fleeting attraction to somebody
1: that makes sense okay you know people spend less time worrying about sex they could have a whole lot more fun. That's just all there is to it. Or worrying about what society thinks about them. But anyway, okay. Now, I, when I was when I was researching and, and just kind of coming up with some some questions I wanted to talk to you about, mm-hmm. I came up with the phrase "inauthentic sex." Mm-hmm. What what would be I'm thinking if we're going to talk about being authentic in our sexuality it might be good for the listeners to kind of understand what inauthentic sex is to, to just kind of get some perspective. What would what okay. be some, some examples of that?
2: Well, I mean, I, I'm sh- and this is a, your mileage may vary one because I'm sure there are different definitions. But for me, inauthentic sex is, is when you are not being, you're, you're engaging in actions and activities that don't really, you're not fully comfortable with um right. and mm-hmm. or and or you're not present during sex.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: So, okay. Many people have sex in order to do things, not in order to have sex. Right? They have sex because if they have sex with this person, they're going to get this thing or this person right. will do what mm-hmm. you want done. It's a they use it as a commodity. Um it's really hard to have authentic sex if you're using sex as a commodity. Because you're not okay you're not engaging in the sex wholeheartedly and fully. You're engaging in the sex for a purpose. Now, if you're engaging in sex for a purpose and you're fully in it because you're enjoying the hell out of it wholeheartedly, well, maybe you can get away with it. But for the most part, when people use sex as a commodity, they're not fully there. They're not fully present in the experience. They're, they're trying to get it over with in order to get done what they need done. Now, sometimes right. in ma- in marriage or in long-term relationships, that happens as well. Okay, I'm going to get it over with because he's been asking me for it for weeks and weeks and weeks, and he's just not going to stop. So if I do it tonight, maybe he'll leave me alone for a while. That would be right. inauthentic sex. Right. Because right. I'm not there. I'm not present. I'm not doing it because I want to be with this person and enjoy this person. I'm just, you know, do, performing some actions that are divorced from, from my feelings. They're divorced from, um, they might even be divorced from, from the sensation in my body. You know, I may not even be feeling very much physically. Right. Um, they're invo- divorced from my desires, you know, and, and it, it, it's really a function. It, it's when sex is a function. So that's, the, that's what I would call inauthentic sex. And okay. I see that most often in two situations with people. One is when people are doing things because their partner wants them to do it and they haven't really explored, they don't really like what it is that's being done and it happening.
1: Right. 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 They're
2: just, you know, they're just doing it because their partner wants them to. Now, we do make compromises with our partners and sometimes. You could do something because your partner wants you to, and they're having such a good time that you'll have a good time, and that won't be inauthentic. But the vast majority of the time when couples come into to me, what I see is the other person might not even know that they don't, the partner doesn't like it, right? They might not even know what's going on. They haven't right. talked about
1: it. But they're well, doing it. If, hmm? Yeah, well, especially if the partner's not paying any attention you know and they're just they're just in, in it for their own pleasure or their own their own satisfaction or whatever and they're just not even paying any attention to their partner and they're just not realizing their partner's not into it at all or or don't care that could be the, that could be the case too
2: so too but but a lot of the times it's 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 it, it, it isn't even that sinister no conversation has happened uh, she often it's just it, it, in heterosexual couples it's the woman but not always but she does what he wants her to do because she thinks he wants her to do it and right. doesn't really have uh, um, the uh, communication skills to start the discussion that says, actually, I don't, I, you know, this isn't what I enjoy and what I'd really like to do is whatever. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I see a lot of that.
1: Or may not even think that she should or could say, can can we do something different? Yes.
2: Yes. Um, And then the other kind of inauthentic sex I see a lot of is, um, is around um, uh, desires and um, sometimes orientation. So people, um, not engaging in the, the kinky things that they desire because they feel that, that um, they're wrong or they're embarrassed and so they can't ask for what they want. And so instead right. they engage in sort of the vanilla sex that they've always engaged in and they're really not present because they don't
1: enjoy it. Right, right. So, and we're back to the being afraid to ask for what you really want. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well and one of the things I, I found too was saying that, that there's actually a cost to having the inauthentic sexual sex because you're you're being cost the pleasure, freedom, and connection that you could have if if you were actually asking for what you wanted. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: Okay, well, so you
2: said, I think there's always a cost to inauthenticity anyway.
1: Right. In in any aspect of our life. So
2: Because you're not being seen. Right, right and 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 there's a cost to not being seen. The more that someone isn't seen, um, the the less significant they often feel. Um, if they're seen for not who they are, but some um, alternative, some you know uh, persona they've created, um, if that goes on long enough, they can find it almost impossible to actually be seen for who they are.
1: Right, very true. Well, and, and just like I said here, you know, it, it, it's not just in this one aspect of our life that radiates into all aspects of our daily life. So somebody would say, well, but that, that's just my sex life. That, that's no big deal. It, but that, it's not just that one, one part of your life. So, okay. So why, why should people consider this and why should they understand their sexual authenticity? Why, why does it matter? Or um, does
2: uh, well, it matter? Well, it matters. Yes, it does matter. It matters a lot. Um, <laughs> sexual, satis- you know, sexual happiness and sexual satisfaction, whatever that looks like for a person, um, prolongs life, um, yes. lowers stress, lowers pain, um, cements r- relationships, um, prolongs relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, all of those things are great benefits. Um, people who um, are sexually unsatisfied have higher rates of depression, higher rates of stress. So, you know, if there's the reason that it's important, it's because it's part of your sexual satisfaction and, 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 and joy. Um, and it's an integral part of our romantic relationships. So if you aren't having this part of your relationship going well, often it means that the relationship itself isn't going as well as it could. And the intimacy isn't as
1: deep. See, I, I wouldn't have asked that question that way of just anybody, but I knew I could count on you. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, and, 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 you know, the other thing, <laughs> the other thing is that um, as, as the um, animal, that we are, we require touch, and this isn't yes. necessarily sex, although that does fill the function. We require touch in order to be emotionally healthy. Um, everybody who, who, even people who don't haven't studied psychology, know about Bowlby's studies about attachment and um, the monkeys in these studies so they had primates in the studies and they were separated from their mothers and they had um a cloth dummy that they could cling to or or some had only um a metal cage and the ones who didn't have anything warm to cling to and didn't have touch did incredibly poorly psychologically they they developed repetitive behaviors and 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 self-abuse And and it was pretty graphic difference between those who had touch and those who did not. And the same is true for humans. We need touch. So that's another that's another reason for this to be important to you, because you're more likely to be able to sustain your sexual relationships, your romantic
1: relationships, long term if you're authentic. And both partners need to be authentic. So what, what if one partner is concerned about their sexual authenticity and they're working on it and they're maintaining it and they're, they're getting in touch with their authenticity, but their partner isn't? What can they do to help their partner?
2: Well, in a situation like that, you just need to make it fun and important for the other person. I mean, you know, it may be the other person doesn't need to do anything.
0: Maybe, okay. they're,
1: already,
2: maybe they're already fully themselves right? They're all okay. They're happy. They're happy. Um, so just because one person is, is working on an area doesn't mean the other necessarily needs to work on the area. However, if the other person is not doing well in this area, um, if they are not in touch with their um, sexual being, if they uh, are not comfortable with themselves sexually... Then it would be pretty important for them to do something about it. Um, I usually advise people to make things fun if they can. Right. Find ways to engage your partner that are fun, if at all possible, around whatever it is you're exploring. And don't tell them there's something wrong with them. That's the mistake no. that many people make. You know, you know, you need you need to do blah 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 blah. No. People react badly to that a lot of the time. So instead of you need to do blah 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 blah, um, hey, I've been working on this for myself and it's really cool. And you want to check it out because it, it's a lot of fun. And these are the good things I've gotten out of it.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's all in a way to communicate things. Mhm. Or or we can do this together or something like that. So. Yeah.
2: So we have people together.
1: Definitely, together things are right. So how would a person know, and how can people identify if if they aren't being sexually authentic? What what would be some signs or some some red flags for people?
2: Okay. So some signs. Um, nothing really turns you on very much. Okay. Um. Or you're not doing anything that really turns you on very much now oftentimes what i find with people is as you explore with them the things that they've pushed out of consciousness because they're embarrassed they're ashamed they're afraid to look at it are 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 there right the turn-ons are there they're just not paying attention to them right
1: um
2: so the first sign is that nothing much is turning you on. Um, The second is that um, when you do notice things turning you on, that you are finding reasons that this isn't okay for you.
1: Mm, How do you mean? Um, uh,
2: A guy is um, looking at pornography and finds himself attracted to a man.
1: Okay.
2: And he dismisses that because he's not gay. Okay. Uh, you know, and this happens, you know, he's walking down the road and he finds himself attracted to a man and he dismisses that because he's not gay because he sees it as a binary thing, like gay, not gay. And it isn't that way. There's a whole spectrum in there. Right. Okay. So if there are things you're suppressing because you're not comfortable um, or, you're ashamed, or you just think, well, that can't possibly be me. Sometimes
0: okay. all right.
2: that bears exploring. Now, we all have attractions that we don't have to do anything with. Fantasy can stay fantasy. Fantasy is wonderful. And it doesn't all okay. need to be enacted, right? It doesn't all need to be enacted, but you have to be willing to have the fantasy and be comfortable with the fantasy. And usually when somebody's being really inauthentic, they're not even willing to go that far.
1: Okay. All right. I got it. Yeah, and if you're not, you know, <laughs>
2: if you're having trouble with orgasm, something's not working right.
1: Okay. Interesting. All right. All right. I got you.
2: So it's possible that that's one of the things that's the
1: problem. You're not being authentic. Ah, oh, good point. Huh. I like it you one of the, one of the things I was looking at said that. Very, I'll, I'll, a very simple sentence. This is often, authenticity is the key to empowerment. I like things that are empowering. So, interesting. Okay. And like said, fantasy is good. Fantasy is fun. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So what, what are some things that we would explore and delve into to find our sexual authenticity?
2: Um, you'd start by exploring your desires.
1: Ah, okay.
2: Step one, you know, you can't be authentically anything if you don't know what it is. So so it starts with exploring your desires. Um, And um, people often don't spend a lot of time doing this. You know, they have sex with people, but they don't explore their desires. It's different. So um, this is a solo activity first. You've got to figure out what actually turns you on.
1: See, this is what I tell people. I love it when people say that. Okay, awesome. <laughs> yeah, no,
2: I mean, it's step one to, 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 not just, it's step one to sexual integration, to sexual authenticity, to sexual happiness, to relationship happiness. You need to know what turns you on. Yeah. And so one of the things, I mean, you you may you don't need to know every single thing that turns you on, although it's fun to go on a quest to find that out. But. It is. You, you know, you need to start with what turns me on. So if you haven't done a lot of exploring because you've been embarrassed or um, or um, because it just isn't native to you, you know, you, you grew up not learning that, you know, learning that sex was something that kind of happened as part of procreation and, you know, uh, and the exploration of desire wasn't something that was um, described to you then you can start by exploring on your own. And one of the greatest ways to do that is to start looking at erotica.
1: Very true. Well, you know, one of the coolest things about having a partner is sharing with them the things that you enjoy. You know, now they're they're going to discover things on their own, but it's, it's so awesome to be able to help them and to share with them things that you enjoy. It just, it is. Yes. And then discovering yes. things that they enjoy and have them share with you. Yep. Um, so,
2: yeah, but you got to start. You got to start with yourself first.
1: Yes. Yep. And and in order to be able to share with them, you have to know what you enjoy. So, see, like I said, I, I love when people say the same thing. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> so, are there are there any exercises that you have that we can share with the listeners?
2: Well, I mean, where I I start is always about um, looking at desire and shame.
1: Yes. Um, Okay. I love that. Because
2: shame is is an area that is problematic for lots of people when it comes to sex. Um, So we have to start by shame busting. The first thing that I have people do as, as part of shame busting is actually to notice when they're embarrassed
1: um,
2: and to stop and to make a note. It can be a mental note or a written note, however you want to do this. So what was it that, that triggered it? And then what was the thought that went with it? So, um, for example, um, someone has a thought about an, a woman masturbating and becomes embarrassed. The thought the, the thing that was the trigger was the, the image of the woman masturbating. What was the thought that went with it? In this case, the thought was that's dirty. Okay. Anyone who does that is
1: dirty. Okay.
2: So the, the image in and of itself isn't the, the shameful bit. It's the words that went with it, right? That causes shame. Identifying that, if it pops into your mind, where did you learn that? Right. Right? What made you believe that? Now, for some people, that's enough to start unsnagging different bits of shame. Just noticing all the different things, looking at the thoughts that we put with them, figuring out, well, where did I learn that? And counteracting it with another thought. You know, that's not shameful. A woman masturbating, that's beautiful instead of that's dirty. Right. So
1: substitute the positive.
2: And practice. You know, you you don't do this once and, yeah, now it's fine. All the shame disappears. You have to practice. It's a skill.
1: Right. Now. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. ahead. Don't mean to interrupt (laughs) Didn't mean didn't to interrupt you. Go ahead.
2: Well, and if, and for some people, it's really difficult to do this. So if you find yourself getting very emotional or finding it impossible to do this, or everything feels shameful, you definitely will need the help of a coach or counselor in order to work through it. Right. Right. Um, for others, it's it's not a problem, and and they can start unpicking the shame themselves. The other exercise is to go and, as I said, find out what you um, what turns you on. And so I ask people to go and explore erotica and find 10 things that they really enjoy. And I right. give people I – mean, I've got um, book suggestions and I've got locations I can send you to to find more erotica – um, I've got a, a free ebook called 74 Movies um, that are not pornography, which are 74 very hot movies, but that that aren't um, X-rated um, because some people find pornography difficult. I mean, these are all highly sexual, so you you should know that watching them. But they're not. There's plot to them, and there's story to them as well.
1: Right. Now I saw that on your website yesterday when I was looking around.
2: Yeah, that's a good one.
1: Well, and you've also got an ebook on there. I saw. Uh, there's a drop down that comes up, and it says, "What turns you on?" Tell us mm-hmm. about that.
2: Um. So that one. Which ebook are you talking about?
1: The the one that says what turns you on. It's, it's um, the erotica test.
2: Yeah. No. Yeah. So. Um. Okay. Yeah. Because I've I've just uh, replaced that with a um a thing on polyamory at the moment. But yes, I have an erotica test, which is great fun. Um, It is um, a test that has excerpts of different erotica and asks for your response to these excerpts. And and what you get out of it is some idea of the kinds of things that might turn you on and and some um, um, pointing in the direction of these. So you get a little sexual profile of yourself um, and that points you in the direction of other material. Yeah, it's good fun. Um, so that's another one that people. I'm quite happy for them to email me for. I'm I'm at time
1: I'm actually. Okay, that it. was cute. I I got it uploaded to my Kindle, but I didn't get a chance to read it yet. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to though, and I'm going to take the test and see see what it turns out. And see see if it ends up where I think it's going to. I'm going to take a look at it. it. <laughs> so, well, we're, we're almost out of time. But do you want to tell the listeners about your website and your radio shows? Yes.
2: So you can find me on HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash the dash intimacy dash coach dot com. Or uh, if you put in Dr. Lori dot com, you'll also get to the same website. Um, and um, the A to Z of sex you can get through iTunes it, and the podcast comes out on a Monday and sex spoken here, which is my other podcast. Comes out on a Wednesday and is also available through iTunes, but they're also both available on my website and on Stitcher and direct from Libsyn as well, I think. Um, There's an offer on all of these for a free 30-minute discovery session with me. Um, If you go to my contact page on my website, there's a place where it says click here for my diary and you can schedule that time to spend 30 minutes with me figuring out what I might be able to do to help or further your for
1: sexual authenticity awesome awesome well i i thoroughly enjoyed the conversation like I said, just authenticity and and being figu- figuring out who you are i think it's just so critical for all of us you know figure out who we are and feeling comfortable in your own skin you know it just yep. that, that cannot be overemphasized how important that is, is for us it is completely for you I, I, I've lived the other way, and then there's no way to go through life. It just is not. It is not. So thank you so much for being with me today. I appreciate it very, very much. Like I said, this is as all on the website, I we've got to talk about this. <laughs> <So> <laughs> we definitely Thanks do. Thanks for having me. So I appreciate it very much. And listeners, I'll see you next time on Ready for Love Radio.
0: Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to Sex Spoken Here with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review here on iTunes or on Stitcher. And make sure you head over to www.the-intimacy-coach.com to subscribe for free newsletter updates to help you create and sustain an exciting, trouble-free sexual life. Stay tuned for upcoming weekly episodes on all topics sexy, sensual, and intimate. Thanks for listening.